Why didn't you deny calling the president a moron? You know, that's a really old question. Do you understand that by not answering the question, some people thought you were confirming the story? I think I've answered the question. You think you answered the question? I've answered the question. Did you call the president a moron? I'm not going to dignify the question. We got so many bigger issues that we could be talking about. I'm not from this town. I understand this town likes to talk about a lot of things that are really not important. I couldn't have liked Margaret Brennan less. Overly dramatic, face-pulling, drama queenie interview of Rex Tillerson last night. I thought it, she was terrible. I thought Rex came off really good. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. She was just obviously from the school of, you know, just trying to create drama and get great reaction shots. Her reaction shots were just, she was chewing up the scenery, as they say in the acting biz. It was too much. Too damn much. But so did, Rex came off like a like a uh, solid, solid man. So did Rex Tillerson call the president a moron or not? Probably. Probably, you know, one of those momentary things. Yeah, but I don't know. You don't think it's legitimate to ask the Secretary of State if they called the president a moron as it's being reported? <laughs> well, he was asked a hundred times and refused to answer it months ago. So she just brought it up again. Uh. And, you know, that didn't bother me so much. I thought it was a little weak how she went back like, so you're saying you won't answer it? (laughs) Yes, that's what he just effing said. I thought that went way too long. But if she wants to ask it, she can. It's just dumb. Anybody ever called their president, um, uh, their boss, a moron? An effing moron. When the boss isn't in the room, yet continue to work for them and might even like them? Anybody? Anybody show of hands? (laughs) Do it when they're in the room. Oh, good idea, you effing moron. I don't think it's that uncommon, but... Yeah, Margaret Brennan. I have a new person in the media to severely dislike. Hey, this thing is really good you gave me, Sean. From Nate Silver? Yeah, uh, his 538 website. They uh, they try to be kind of a data statistical-looking thing, but they get accused of leaning one way or the other, depending on which article you read. But this is pretty good. How much did Russian interference affect the 2016 election? And he says, one of my least favorite questions is, did Russian interference cost Hillary Clinton the 2016 election? And it's newly relevant because of the uh, Robert Mueller indictment that came out, and it's still really hard to answer. And he goes through some of the uh, various indicators on that. I think is one of the things a lot of people want to know, right? Number one, Russian interference is hard to measure because it wasn't a discrete event. For instance, he points out it's pretty easy to measure the effect of James Comey's reopening of the email thing. You can look at the polls before and the polls after, and it was like a singular event. Yeah. And decide, you know, maybe that had an effect. Whereas the Russian interference started in 2014 before anybody had even announced and went all the way through. So it's pretty hard to measure. Specifically messing with the candidates and the political process. Because yeah. their meddling began in 1918. Well, right. But, yeah, this particular go-around we're talking about. The magnitude of the interference, number two, the magnitude of the interference revealed so far is not trivial, but it's still fairly modest as compared with the operations of the Clinton and Trump campaigns. And we talked about that a little bit earlier. People are making a big deal out of, wow, they had a monthly budget of over a million dollars. Well, as Nate Silver points out, the Clinton campaign, Clinton alone on her side spent $1.2 billion, and Trump spent $617 million. Half as much money spent wow. to win. That's that, how floundering Hillary was. But that's over $2 billion spent by the campaigns, 
including the PACs, who are putting out a lot of information that is not necessarily factual. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could call it fake news on right. both sides. And uh, compared to the $1 million a month that the Russians are putting out, you know, it's not that much. And there's all, I saw a list, I wish I'd have brought it in, of the number of groups that were spending that much money. There's, there's like, you know, the protecting the rhinoceroses of Africa group that might spend a million dollars in a uh, presidential election yeah, to get yeah. their point out. And some or of it might not be accurate. association yeah. on down yeah. the line, yeah. So it is fairly modest, as Nate Silver points out. Right. Uh, and number three, thematically, the Russian interference tactics were consistent with the reasons Clinton lost. Um, part of it being that Hillary had always had a problem as being viewed, went into it being viewed as dishonest and untrustworthy. And the Russians, you know. Because she's dishonest and untrustworthy. Because she is dishonest and According to some experts, yeah. And a lot of this stuff didn't help, but that was already there to a great extent. Right. They're sure. Just trying to reinforce that narrative. I it, mean, that could have an effect, but you got the entire Republican Party trying to make that point. So sure. to what extent did the Russians, you know, a few hundred grand devoted to that theme um, sway people? See, that's I'm not that interested in this question because I know it's unknowable. It's an interesting question. I just know where the inquiry ends. Um, it's in hard, spite of what Lawrence O'Donnell might try to tell you, it's hard to punk. prove. It's hard to prove anything about Russian interference. It's equally hard to disprove anything about the Russian interference and the effect that it had on the election. Sure, he makes the point that it was only a point eight points difference. Um, who knows how how many people were affected by what news was out there? On the other hand, like Sean's always pointing out, the Russians didn't stop Hillary from going to Michigan and. Wisconsin are those the two states she gets sure. beaten up for, right. for yeah. never visiting and she lost. So I don't know. I, I don't suppose we'll ever know the answer to that. No, indeed. No. I just wish we were spending more time just understanding exactly what they do and why they do it. They're trying to sow the seeds of discontent. It's a it's a common thing. It took me a while to pick up on this uh, in, in looking at international relations, you weaken your rivals just because you want your rivals to be weaker. There need not be a specific purpose in mind. You're just trying to weaken them. Sure. And that's what Russia and China try to do to us all the time. Half the reason, uh, you know, China isn't coming around to reign in North Korea is just because we have to spend time, energy, and money on it now. So they're just trying to weaken us. And that's what Russia's trying to do. Some of the, the how they did it is really interesting, though, to me anyway. Um, you got politically active Americans all around the country in 2016. You're you're online. You're on your Facebook. You're you're tweeting away like a lunatic, um, and and you see a, a post or a tweet or something you really like. You pass it along. You might not notice that the English is just a little off. Maybe you get an email. Here's the Reverend uh, Brown. Uh, he's a Baltimore pastor, politically active. We are looking for friendship because we are fighting for the same reasons. Actually, we are open for your thoughts and offers. All right, that's just a little odd, but yeah, uh, that's a Russian trolls. Uh, late October of 2016, <clears throat> Texas Nationalist Movement got a Facebook message from somebody representing a group called Heart of Texas, which planned to organize rallies in favor of Texas secession on the eve of the election. But on a follow-up call, according to Daniel Miller, the president of the Texas Nationalist Movement, something was off. And uh, both of those uh, groups, uh, Heart of Texas and Blacktivist, I remember hearing about the Blacktivist group. Mm -hmm. They're active. They're phony groups, part of a sweeping Russian disinformation campaign. 
that was funded with millions of dollars carried out by 80 people operating out of St. Petersburg, Russia. Boy, I love my gig right now. I love doing this job, and, and, and I hope it's the last job I have. Unless I can be like a starter at a really nice golf course and tell fellows, hey, all right, remember, it's out of bounds over there and, and fix your divots. And then I'll just go back to playing free golf there. Anyway, I hope this is my last job. I love my job. But if this gig were to go kerblooey and somebody were to hire me as a professional troll to troll Russia, to make Putin look bad, to sow seeds of doubt in the one-party system, oh, my God, that would be fun work. Oh, I'd go to work every day clicking my heels. And they had 80 people operating out of St. Petersburg. Their job title was F with America. Figure out what makes people mad and make them madder. Well, remember, we found out fairly recently uh, during the football season, it was the biggest weekend of the kneeling controversy when Trump had got involved and all the players said they weren't blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. Right. That the Russians were big on the uh, social media on both sides of that issue. Right. Making it seem way worse than it actually was. Yeah, they were hammering the players. Hammering them for being bad Americans. Meanwhile, just hammering the bejesus out of anybody who was against the kneeling. Saying that the, the you know that they were uh, Klansmen and the rest of it, and only a racist would work in both sides of it. Unbelievable. Looking for more examples, but they really kind of focus on those. Uh, they tried to whip out, whip up uh, rallies to mark the anniversary of the death of Freddie Gray, who died in police custody in mm. Baltimore. You may remember that. Sure. The Heart of Texas group had some success with the Houston rally to stop the Islamization of Texas, which provoked an angry confrontation in May of 2016. United Muslims of America, another Russian creation, called its own rally to save Islamic knowledge for the same time and place outside the Islamic Center. A dozen people turned out for the first event, some carrying rifles, Confederate flags, and a banner saying, White Lives Matter. Faced off across the street with a far larger, larger crowd of counter-protesters. The police kept the crowds apart. There was no trouble at the event, which was caught on video. But both sides were recruited and, uh, and infused with enthusiasm by the Russians. Unbelievable. Have this other great story about... Um... Oh, wait, one more. Russian Post caught on a picture of Mrs. Clinton with the tag, Pure Evil... evil posted a fake photo of her shaking hands with Osama bin Laden. (laughs) All right. Because you remember when the two of them met and shook hands. Right. Uh, I have this article about how this will will get better as, uh, as as time goes by because more of the population will be internet savvy. The average producer of online content is far more internet savvy than the average consumer of online content currently. Obviously, that won't be true in the future. It'll be equal. Right. And a Franklin Pierce fun fact that will make him your favorite president. Franklin Pierce is one of our presidents? (laughs) No, he's not. Yes, he is. I can name four presidents. Idiots. The last two, Washington and Lincoln. That's correct. That's all I know. Who were the first two? (laughs) There you go. I don't know. Washington and Lincoln were the first two. (laughs) You're right, Sean. Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The 
Armstrong and Getty Show. He will definitely not uh, shut up and dribble. Um, I would definitely not do that. I mean too much to um, to society. I mean too much to the youth. I mean too much to the uh, to, to so many kids that feel like they don't have a um, they don't have a way out and they need someone to help lead them out of the situation they're in. I'm always saying that about myself. Hmm. I just mean too much to society. Yep. Uh, somehow I thankfully missed the dust up between LeBron James and Laura Ingram. Apparently they got into a Twitter war or something over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She told him to shut up and dribble, which is a variation on the title of her book back in the day, Shut Up and Sing. She was talking about Hollywood people lecturing us on politics or, you know, show business people. And uh, I think it started with the Dixie Chicks. Oh, I think and you're right. George Bush criticism. Yes. Yes. Remember that? Everybody was angry about that for a cup of coffee. So what did LeBron say that got, that started the whole thing? It was from a, uh, a a little video featurette, as is so common nowadays, where mm-hmm. him and Kevin Durant were sharing an Uber ride. It was obviously staged or whatever, but then the, the interviewee is essentially the Uber driver, and they were just talking about politics of the day. And they I don't know the the exact quote, but they were talking about some something had to do with politics and Trump of the day, and... They were both kind of leaning towards the left side of the argument. And Shocker. She she took exception to that. Right. I uh, read Sally Jenkins wrote a column. We had her on recently. She's a good writer. Um, writes about sports. Um, she didn't think oh, right. e- she didn't think either one of them acquitted themselves very well, Laura Ingram or LeBron James. So yeah. I just <sighs> left it at that. It's so tiring. The whole look. Here's two people angry at each other. Look, look, look. Right. I just said. Uh, speaking of, you it's know, becoming bu- wiser consumers of, of of information. I on on the one hand, I don't want to hear from uh, like if I'm watching a, a concert or athletics or whatever. I just I don't want to have to think about politics while I'm doing it. On the other hand, it takes a lot of guts to do that. I mean, because it only it only upsets your apple cart. It only if it makes things more difficult for you. You're yeah. not doing it because it makes your life easier. Yeah, I suppose not. To jump into that stuff and do business. And Although the politics of the NBA is fairly monochromatic. Fairly. Unless you're talking about the owners. Of the players or the viewers? Well, uh, well, I'd say among the sports leagues, it's probably the most liberal fan base because it's the youngest mm. and the blackest. So, you know. It doesn't take a Nate Silver to tell you it's probably the most liberal. Mm. There, and there, Except for water polo. Very liberal. <laughs> <laughs> there are many athletes who I can think the, the moniker shut up and blank fits very well, too. Like a, <laughs> like a Rob Gronkowski, for instance. When, you're, when your most notable presence in the world is you're shirtless on a dance floor shotgunning a beer, then, yeah, maybe we shouldn't invite you into conversations about right. you know, complex issues. Right. I don't find LeBron James to be that guy. Is there a conservative athlete that can do that and would not end up losing their career? Over nope. It? Hardly. No. Tim Tebow. I'd be incredibly controversial, Jack. Just for being religious. Right. Yeah. You know. Criticize. He's going to be a Major League Baseball player, by the way, Tim Tebow. The Mets got him and say he is going to be a Major League Baseball player. Major League ticket sales gimmick. Hmm. We'll see. Um, uh, and I like Tim Tebow. I'm a fan. Fan of him as a human being. So I, I every year on President's Day, and we have more presidential fun facts, the rankings of the president comes out. It's always bothered me because there's more than one organization that ranks who's the best and worst president sure. in our nation's history. And uh, the lists aren't always the same, right? So I did a little research, and I came up with this. 
they compiled most of your liberal lists and most of your conservative lists. Oh, yeah. yeah, So you got a top ten. And you know what? They're pretty damn close to being the same, Mm -hmm. which was interesting. They both have Abraham Lincoln as the best president we've had out of 45. Two and three are flipped, but they're within one. The liberals go Roosevelt, then Washington. The conservatives go Washington, then Roosevelt. Both have Jefferson at four. Both have TR at five. Then Woodrow Wilson moves around a little bit, but both in the top ten. The top ten is almost exactly the same. So mm. I, thought, I thought that was pretty interesting. Because I've always wondered about that. Because if you ask a bunch of college professors who's the best and worst president, speaking of monochromatic viewpoints, uh, college professors tend to be one direction. Worst president, they both have uh, Warren Harding. He was, uh, well, he, he believed in restraint. Liberals have, uh, <laughs> liberals have, um, Nixon second to last, uh, conservatives have him a little further up, like fifth to last, but the lists are pretty much the same. So it's your usual, it's your usual suspects, your FDRs, your Lincolns, your Washingtons, your Jeffersons. What was Harding's wow. big failure? He, he, there's a great book about that, uh, called six presidents. I think it's called when, when six different future and former presidents ran in one election. Really interesting in 1920. Anyway, he was just a dope, a cheating on his wife dope, who kind of got put into office by power, uh, power politics, party yeah. politics. He also looked like he ought to be president. That, that's huh. the only thing he had going yeah, for him. Yeah, he was, he was kind of he just a big guy, square jaw, the rest of it, but he was an empty head. H.L. Mencken has written some hilarious things about Warren G. Harding. That's back about when what the, a lame ass he was. That's back when the parties really choose who the nominee was going to be. I mean, just completely smoke-filled room. Right. Powerful people got together and decided who it was going to be. And then you get down to a you know a choice between two, and he ended up winning. Right. He looked like he should be president. He's no Franklin Pierce, though, Michael. Come on, give it up for old Pierce. But isn't Harding, is Harding considered our dumbest president? He might be. I don't know. There's a new list out the New York Times has that has Trump in last. I don't know how you rank a presidency after one year, but they have him last. So Pierce, pretty unpopular while in office. His own party refused to renominate him. His reply to being cast out of office, quote, there's nothing left to do but get drunk. <laughs> and his love for the booze might explain his arrest for once running over an old lady on his horse. Yeah, she was in the way. Boy, I've got some stuff on James Buchanan. That will absolutely unfurl your constitution. (laughs) Stay with us. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, He, uh... 40 seconds. Didn't play for the straight team. Really? Really. We had a gay president. Yes, we did. I'll be dang. Almost beyond question. Hmm. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, a couple who took in the Florida school shooters speaking out today. We've got a disgraced California congresswoman you've heard of, I'm sure, now charged with spin-the-bottle harassment. And an update on the latest Russia Olympic doping scandal. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Can you cheat at curling? I mean, is it even possible? In terms of PED? I don't know why he'd bother. I think he just wanted to look good. All that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey guys, who's on Mount Rushmore? Isn't it Teddy Ruxpin, Alexander Hamilton, George Washington Carver, and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? <laughs> That's correct. That's the version Teddy of the painting Ruxpin. in my living room. 
<laughs> and of course, Alexander Hamilton because of the musical. Right. That's pretty <laughs> sad. If I were going to rearrange that, I'd probably have Teddy Ruxpin as the punchline. <laughs> That's very funny, though, my friend. <laughs> oh, uh, a presidential fun fact that will blow your mind coming up. Awesome. Stay tuned for all that. Right now, news with Marsha Phillips. The couple who took in the Florida school shooting suspect after his mother died last November says he told him he was sorry after the shooting. Speaking today on the uh, ABC Good Morning America, James and Kimberly Sneed said they've only seen the accused shooter once since the attack happened. It was at the um, police station when they were going past us, and I basically... I went after him. I really wanted to struggle, used to strangle him more than anything, and I just everything I wanted to say just didn't. I, I tried to reserve myself. I said, "Really, Nick? Really?" You know, yelled at him, and he mumbled something, but I didn't hear it. And he said he he said he was sorry. He said he was sorry, but I didn't hear that. I was just furious. And yeah, the, the you know they've come under some criticism. Yeah, but they're there. They are trying to do God's work, right? Taking in a troubled kid who has yeah. no parents. Yeah, come on. And that's a heck of a thing. Here's to do. what I would have done. Well, yeah, but you didn't. Although they had yeah. they had guns in the house, they had them locked up. They didn't know he had a key. Right. Apparently, he had a key somehow. Right. And now, uh, apparently, uh, some uh, law enforcement sources are telling CBS News the accused shooter managed to buy seven rifles over the last year. So the background checks, everything else, he, ma- he managed to buy seven rifles. Right. And there's a, there are videos that are out today of him in uh, schoolyard fights in the cafeteria and hallways and various places because that happened a lot. Wow. Not exactly sure the circumstances because there are stories of him being picked on. Right. Getting in fights. And he also attacked the boyfriend of his ex-girlfriend, boyfriend of his ex-girlfriend at one point. I don't know. Kid had a lot of problems. Hey, there's my favorite ad in the world. Completely different subject. On President's Day, the IHOP ad where, where Abraham Lincoln and George Washington are having pancakes. I don't know that one. I love that ad. Uh, we need more of that in America. Looks charming. <laughs> yeah, listen, if you weren't here, we also spoke at length about the fact that the FBI was tipped off specifically about this yeah. kid and the fact that he was a, a probable school shooter and the rest of it and nothing was done about it. So, yeah, we know and we're on it, but we talked about that quite a bit earlier. Assemblywoman Christina Garcia, the California Assemblywoman, is facing yet another allegation of sexual misconduct. She's a goer. Woo! Get a couple of drinks in her, huh? In a complaint to the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing filed over the weekend, a former employee of Garcia is seeking to sue her for firing him after he refused to play spin the bottle with her. J. David Carrick alleges he received a write-up for insubordination and was fired two days later. Carrick, who worked for Garcia in 2014, alleges she used the write-up to prevent him from finding any other work in politics. Wow. Wow. A vicious uh, beast, if it's true. That's super uncool. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm in disagreement with a lot of people on the whole. She gets drunk and grabbed my crank at work. Eh, I'd rather you didn't, but whatever. No, listen to you. I'll be fine. Listen to you. He's pro-sexual assault. But the fire in me because I don't go along and keep me from getting other work. Yeah. Come on, that's criminal. Turns out, my friends, more couples are getting married in the fall these days. According to Wedding Wire, fall is now the popular season to go ahead and get married, with September and October being the most popular months. I'll be danged. I got married in September, and I don't even remember why. But the theory was it'd be easier to book a place. Yep. Hmm. And that's part of it. Ten years ago. Not going to be as hot. 
That's the other part Depending of it. Depending where you live. Yep. Thanks. Ten, we're way ahead of you, Marshall. Ten years ago, June, July, and May, in that order, were the most popular months to get married. Now it's October, September, and June, and experts say that's because couples are catching on to the cheaper prices and cooler temperatures that fall has to offer. Yeah, how did June ever become the time when you should get married? You know why, I'll bet? Because school was out. College ends, mm. or whatever, right. or high school, or whatever. You get done with the school year, you get married. Uh, I'm, that's a guess, but uh, I'll bet it's true. I hope in some small way this means people are focusing more on the marriages and less on the wedding day. Like more on the on the Man, single day don't. party, more on the oh, lifelong commitment don't, to this other person sort it. of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you may have heard that a Russian athlete has failed a doping test yet again. The Russian curler won a bronze medal in mixed doubles curling, failed the doping test, and now has left the Olympics heading back to Mother Russia. So somebody texted, don't criticize him until you've seen his wife. Mm, I don't know what that meant. What does that mean? I don't know. Is she? Uh, cr- I'll bet she's crazy hot. I go for curlers. Yeah, I'll bet, yeah. So he's, uh, he's trying to stay in shape. He's trying to look good for her. Found some Russian hottie? Come on. Probably got nothing to do with the curling. He just likes to work out. <laughs> Probably yeah, very hey, handy. Hey, uh, people, right. have you ever seen curling? I didn't roid up to curl. Believe me. He maybe got a Russian mail-order bride. We all, I already live here. Right. Save you having to be a ship through the mail. He picked her up. Same-day right. shipping. Right. <laughs> Amazon Prime. Exactly. The curler's coach says he is stunned. He thinks the man may... May have been drugged without him knowing. Oh, right. Oh, my. Of course. Yeah. A conspiracy. <laughs> happens to people all the time where they take steroids accidentally. Yes. All right. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscious of the nation. Michael, a presidential fun fact. He's often rated among the worst U.S. presidents. His incompetence led us into the Civil War, Jackie's James Buchanan. He also holds the record of being the only bachelor to be president, although he may not have been single per se. There was a lot of speculation about his sexuality and his close relationship with Alabama Senator William Rufus King. The two lived together for more than a decade, despite being plenty rich enough to have their own houses. Well, that's all you need to know. I don't need any more information than that. (laughs) You don't need it, but you want it. Andrew Jackson called them Miss Nancy and Aunt Fancy behind their backs. <laughs> and when King left for France in 1844, Buchanan wrote, and there are a few clues here, I am now solitary and alone, having no companion in the house with me. I have gone a-wooing several gentlemen, but have not succeeded with any of them. A-wooing? Miss Nancy and Aunt Fancy. <laughs> Oh, my. Wow. What are you trying to say, Andrew? Uh, well, so, since I'm trying to say they're homosexuals. What's okay. the matter with you? <laughs> okay, but so that's clearly true. He lived with a dude for 10 years, mm-hmm. never married. Okay, that I mean, it's, it's, so how come he's not like a gay icon or something? Maybe because he was a sucky, sucky president. We've had a gay president. Right. I mean, clearly. The first gay president. Hmm. Which is fine. Still no gals. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Gay guy, black guy, lots of white guys, no gals. Womankind, you shouldn't have run someone who's evil. Yeah. She didn't lose because she was a woman. Yeah, there will be a woman soon. Oh, yeah. Soon no enough. doubt about it. Uh, a couple more things for the petering out on this President's Day. 
So do they have a President's Day special going at IHOP? Because I sure could use some really cheap pancakes. Thanks to our government system. Hmm? Seems like such a great tie-in, doesn't it? I mean, it all makes sense. Pancakes, eggs, cetera. Is right. that kind of a play on words? Right. Was, Mitt Romney, president uh, for two terms. Kind of a play on words. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The conscience of the nation. I like that eagle. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, that really drives it home, doesn't it? That's not over the top at all. It's a national bird. You You don't like eagles, you don't like America. So they had something called the German Security Conference over the weekend. Big deal, I guess. It's like all the big people of the world go there, leaders and whatnot. Like uh, world security, that yeah. national security, yeah. that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah it's a big deal. I'd, I'd never really heard of it, but it's a huge deal. Anyway, Netanyahu of Israel came out of his shoes. Yahoo! So he stood up at the podium in front of all these different people from all these different countries with a big piece of that drone that they shot down. Wow, brought a prop. Good. Yeah, a big chunk of it. Now, he is uh, being accused of taking bribes, and it kind of looks like he may have. So allegedly, this could be politics, but so he he stood up in front of the all these people and he held this big piece of the drone that they shot down last week and said, do you recognize this? He said to Mohammed Zarif, Iran's foreign minister, you should. It's yours. You can take it back with you. It's the message to the tyrants of Tehran. Do not test Israel's resolve. That's, called him out. That's some serious talk right there. Yeah, no kidding. And he said, if we're pushed, we won't just attack your proxies. We're going to attack you. Wow. There are a lot of ways to interpret. No, there's one. Yeah. <laughs> that's something. That's some tough talk. Now, maybe it's because he's under the gun or maybe. No, nah, I don't think it. so. Uh, that's Netanyahu. I mean, that's just him. Uh, he probably doesn't hate that he gets the chance to come off as a. A real uh, defender of the fatherland uh, right now. He probably kind of is okay with that. But yeah, that's Netanyahu. By the way, I came across this. Last week, I accidentally came across the fact that Justin Theroux and Jennifer Aniston are divorcing or splitting up or whatever. What chance do the rest of us have? And then, and then, and is that's, he an actor? And that's, I don't know. And I don't care. I don't, that's not the point. Forgive I, me for asking. I come across that <laughs> I accident and I think I wish I had a filter that got this stuff out of the way so right. I don't see it while right. I'm looking for other news. Then I come across this today. Justin Thoreau still hangs out with Jennifer Aniston's friends. Huh? Boy, if you read that, wow. I want wow. to buy your time. Wow. And take away your right to vote. <laughs> Brad, you won't miss it. Recently single, Jennifer Aniston, newly single. Let's ship oh. it. Let's get those two lovebirds back together. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Huh? A little happy Seems ending. Seems like old times, huh? <laughs> little happy ending. Wow. <laughs> it does sound nice. So, uh, you know, this is entirely self-indulgent, but I mentioned it earlier, talking about Warren Gamaliel Harding, perhaps the dumbest president we've ever had, according to many. Some of you out there are shouting George W. Bush's name at the radio. I'd ask you to stop. He's a fine fellow. Loves Jesus. Radios also don't work both ways. Right? That's a good point. <laughs> Speaking of dumb, huh, Sean? How dumb are they? H.L. <laughs> Mencken talking about Warren Harding and his style of speaking and how 
his speeches were so bad, they achieved almost a Plan 9 from outer space entertainment value to them. And he said the following. This is one of my favorite paragraphs ever written in the English language, so I'm going to read it because I like it. He writes the worst English that I have ever encountered. It reminds me of a string of wet sponges. It reminds me of tattered washing on the line. It reminds me of stale bean soup, of college yells, of dogs barking idiotically through the endless nights. It is so bad that a sort of grandeur creeps into it. It drags itself out of the dark abysm of pish and crawls insanely up to the topmost pinnacle of posh. It is rumble and bumble. It is flap and doodle. It is balder and dash. <laughs> flap and doodle. Now, original air names. <laughs> exactly. I, I would like, that's why. I would like to point out, those of you who say you're an effing effer, that is what an insult sounds like. You. It is balder and dash. Oh, I love that. Yeah, F and F is pretty good, too. <laughs> it has its place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it drags itself out of the dark abysm of pish and crawls insanely up to the topmost pinnacle of posh. That's beautiful. Oh, my God, what a poet. He's a little uh, little sympathetic to the German cause in the 30s. That was the main knock against Mencken, but that didn't mean he wasn't a great writer. Mm. So are we about out of time, Michael? Yeah, you got about 30 seconds. I've got more presidential fun facts than you can take. Oh, trust me. Uh, Harding had quite the wandering eye. He had an affair with his wife's close friend, which was revealed through a series of love letters. Yeah, and and she lived next door to them for years, and he was having an affair with her. Yeah, and he knocked up some gal, uh, and uh, they figured that out with DNA testing in 05, that uh, indeed it was his kid. A feature of uh, Empire, Boardwalk Empire, that TV show, mm-hmm. was the uh, the girl that he was having sex with. Warren is going to call for me anytime. That character. Did you know that toy manufacturers believed teddy bears would fade from popularity? And so in honor of uh, William Howard Taft once scarfing down a huge possum dinner one night, they came out with Billy Possum. <laughs> To, oh, really? to replace Teddy Bear. Yeah, didn't caught on. Teddy bears are still catch around. On great. I haven't got, gotten my children a possum. Get them a Billy Possum. <laughs> and now, final thoughts from Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Marshall Phillips, final thought. I got sad news. My recreation of Teddy Roosevelt's charge up San Juan Hill is going to have to be postponed. It seems my horse, Little Texas... Seems to have wandered off. No longer <laughs> tied where I left him. Oh, that's a crying shame. Oh, you gotta learn better not. Hmm? Michelangelo, final thought? Yeah, teenage kids, they don't want to be entertained. They want to be educated. When you're in Southern California, instead of taking them to Disneyland, take them to the Richard Nixon Library instead. They'll never forget it. <laughs> that's true. Positive Sean, your final thought. Yes, just so happy that last week tonight with John Oliver is back. He's one of my favorite people to listen to, cover the news of the day. Great episode last night. He's back for several weeks more. I don't know when he'll take another vacation, but I'm just happy he's back. He's full of crap. Uh, Let's see. Jack, your final thought. On this President's Day, Gerald Ford was adopted. Herbert Hoover was an orphan. Many presidents, Lincoln and others, that were dirt poor growing up in the middle of nowhere. There has never been a land where more ordinary people can up, land up the leader of their nation. Mm. It's imperfect, sure. But there are a lot of amazing stories out of the 45. That is a perfect note to end the show on. Unfortunately, I get a final thought. <laughs> and that's that Calvin Coolidge had a morning ritual of having someone rub Vaseline on his head while he ate breakfast. Same.
<laughs> Old Vaseline head. Wow. He's a bald man. So Balding. He, he had somebody who had rubbed Vaseline on his head while he was eating breakfast. That is correct. And he thought it did what? I don't know. It, the moisturized. I thought it felt great. <laughs> well, and and the uh, you know, he's multitasking. All right, apply that Vaseline. I've got to be at a meeting in ten minutes. Interesting. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thanks all the time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. If you want to text us, tweet at us, email us. Something we ought to be talking about, send it along. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot more of the big stories we're covering, I suppose. The dang shooting and the, uh, the indictments tomorrow. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. God bless America. This is a historic act. Uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. We apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Then the show's over. What? Bye-bye. And the rockets, this way. Uh-oh. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.